Hi, welcome to Off Script. I'm Zach Lewis. And I'm Dr. Draper. Today on the show, we're taking a look at Spider-Man. No Way Home. It's out. We went and saw it. We got hot taste. This movie has been killing it at the box office. We're going to talk about why. We're going to talk about what's going on. Maybe some things we're going to watch in the next week. And uh, our top 10 coming up at the beginning of next year. Bit of a shorter show this week, but there's plenty to talk about with Spider-Man. Of course, we need to talk about the news as well. So let's jump right into it. Our first story uh, that I have pulled up already because I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention to the live. Uh. Uh, our box office, Spider-Man No Way Home soars to a record $260 million U.S. opening, $600 million globally. In three days, in this economy, Andy, what the hell is happening? This is the biggest <laughs> film ever. And hit, what, it, what is this? <laughs> the movies are back, sort of. Dude. Uh, yes, uh, No Way Home is now the, the number two biggest opening movie of all time behind uh, Avengers Endgame and also in front of Avengers Infinity War and also... Star Wars: A Force Awakens and Star Wars: uh, The Last Jedi, which I love that that Last Jedi is up so high on that because the nerds hate it so much. Um, but no, huge, yeah. massive, massive opening both uh, domestically here. It had like a fifty million dollar Thursday previews, which is when we we went to a pack theater on, on Thursday. Uh, so a really incredible showing, and just shows what Marvel and the right property can do. Uh, this is also not. It's not good news for the other movies that are struggling. Uh, West Side Story, Steven Spielberg's remake, uh, tumbled 67% or so. Uh, the other big opening this week, big opening, is um, Nightmare Alley, the new Guillermo del Toro uh, feature, which I actually did did catch. Great mm. film, but it it's made a, a measly like $3 million or something. And it's... Uh, oh. I didn't know you went so Nightmare Alley. I gotta ask you more about that before we move on. I, but anyway, I go did. ahead. I did. Um, yeah. So it's um, again those older adult skewing dramas are just becoming a harder and harder sell, and uh, you know they're it's dramatically written that these are becoming extinct. Um, but uh, we'll see. They definitely have to change the strategy on the, those films because you know there's obviously an audience for people to go to the movies, uh, but they're really only coming out for certain things. Yeah, I, I, I've been trying to like casually like lay this on people who aren't movie nerds like us and maybe don't listen to the show every week which if you're listening now subscribe and you can listen to the show every week but uh i i I need people to understand the gravity of how big of a deal this is like this is the second biggest opening film of all time ever not during the pandemic not following covid ever it is absurd how many people have come out to see spider-man just in the opening weekend I mean, just pulling up to the theater, it was nuts. We had trouble looking for parking, which yeah, I have not had that, a trouble. That hasn't I happened had, in years. In years. Like, it, it, it took me back to when I was in high school working, like, opening night for The Dark Knight or one of the new Twilight films. I could not believe how many people turned out for Spider-Man. So the next time a Spider-Man movie comes out, are you blow it off thinking, oh, they're rebooting it or whatever. Remember now, this weekend, the cultural impact Spider-Man has at the box office. My God. I never would have seen this coming. I know Tom Holland's popular. I, I know Zendaya is 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 in Dune, all right? That's hot. I know there's been some Marvel films out already. Andy, just before we get into the film, what what where's the fire? Why is everybody turning out for this thing? Like, even I was surprised at how many people came out for Spider-Man. Yeah, I I was surprised too. I mean, Spider-Man's a hot property and the, the Tom Holland films have been uh really good. And so you know, we knew we knew that it would make 
it would be fine. Like just w- the way Shang Chi made about a hundred million. Uh, the other ones, Eternals and uh, Black, Black Widow. Widow. Like all those movies have done good, and, but this is just blowing it out out of the water. And I, I think, and I've said this, we we've while we've had Marvel films, we haven't really had any of our A list. Uh, Marvel films like Black right. Widow is a B-list character, and it was kind of cleaning up like the previous phase. Uh, I think A-list, but go on. Yeah. Shang Chi is new. He is new, uh, new and unknown. Eternals are new and new, unknown. Yeah. So I, I think we were we were waiting for, you know, like I said, the an A-list character, something like Iron Man, Captain America, you right. know, X X Men, something like this, and it, that that we really haven't had that since Endgame. Um, so I think the people were, were kind of starved for it. And there was, you know, we'll get into the movie, but there's a, a, a big cast, a, a lot of, um, impressive lots of star power, lots of names. Yeah. Lots of presence. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like it, it's funny. Cause, cause you know, when we finished watching it, we talked about that quickly. Like we were, while we were standing outside the theater talking about the movie, like what is the draw here? And, and you're right. Like, it's nice to feel like there's, I don't want to say a list. <laughs> Marvel film because the other ones are and they've done great at the box office Black Widow did great Shang-Chi did great like Eternals did great but this is like it's not it's like S tier right it's the it's the step above it's it's Avengers quality like star power you're pulling in you know the Sinister Six from the other movie there's Doctor Strange is in here like there's all kinds of stuff and the audience is perfectly varied, right? You've got everybody from parents to millennials and Gen X, comic book nerds. You got boyfriends and girlfriends. You got kids, right? I had a kid kicking the back of my seat half the feature. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody can go see Spider-Man. Like it is, it is such a perfect like cultural slice of people who can see it. It's pop culture. It's trendy. Like I, I'm. It makes sense to me now, like seeing the end of it on the, on the other side, like, of course this pulled big numbers, but like I genuinely, between all the pandemic would never have projected this kind of performance for any feature, much less yeah. a Spider-Man I mean, movie. It's crazy. Even, even the, the, uh, box office experts, they were predicting 150 million yeah. around, around there, you know, 140, <laughs> 150. They, they knew it would do a lot better than, you know, the other Marvel stuff that's come out this year. But no one could have predicted like this massive yeah. of an open, just like uh, an incredible feat at the box office. Yep, insanity. I, 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 I tip of the hat to, to Marvel and Sony and Disney and and the cast and crew. My God, like you guys are bringing people back to the movies, and like ultimately, it's a good thing for film. It's a good thing for cinema. It's a good thing for little podcasts like us. One more story before we get into it. Actually, before we get into that story, I, I did say, Andy, you went and saw Nightmare Alley. I didn't know you went and saw that. I did. I did see Nightmare Alley. I guess a little, I mean, a little uh, taste. Whatever. You... Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. for those who don't know, Nightmare Alley is actually a remake uh, of an older film um, that stars Bradley Cooper. It's a star-studded ca- cast: Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara. Um, really impressive cast. Bradley Cooper plays this kind of drifter who joins a kind of traveling circus and eventually learns the trade of performer and becomes kind of a, like a a psychic medium eventually goes on to do his own show at, at much higher stakes uh, to kind of detrimental um, results. Very Mm. moody. Uh, It's, it's good. It's very long. It's like two and a half hours. Oh God. But uh, yeah, no, Gamer Del Toro still firing on all cylinders. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. But um, I'm down for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, that went up against Spider Man. I mean, nothing was gonna. Yeah, was gonna get I slaughtered. Mean, Three million like that. That looks so paltry, so meager in comparison to Spider Man. Um, 
but my but God. again, <sighs> even what, what West Side Story when it came West Side Story came out against zero competition. It did, there wasn't a big movie released the week before. Yeah, it had nothing, and it still only made ten million. So uh. I don't think even you know obviously you're gonna get crushed by Spider Man, but I don't think Nightmare Alley would have done that all that much better even without the Spider Man uh, competition. That's true. Well, Guillermo del Toro is great. He's an auteur, right? And just like Shape of Water or Crimson Peak or or Pan's Labyrinth or Hellboy 1 and 2, I'll go see anything that guy turns out. Speaking of auteurs, one more story before we get to the show. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård seeks revenge in Robert Eggers' The Northman trailer. If you're watching on Facebook, even <laughs> even this article has a picture of Spider-Man on it. Because uh, that's all that anybody's <laughs> talking about on The Hollywood Reporter, where we found this. But the new trailer is out for Robert Eggers' new feature. Eggers previously directed uh, The Witch uh, and, and The Lighthouse, films we are both big fans of on this show. Very exciting to see a trailer for his new film. Andy, what's going on in this thing? It's dropped this morning when, when we're doing the show. I mean, this is very new. Right. Uh, so The Northman is the third follow-up from... Uh, Robert, I keep wanting to say Roger, Robert Eggers, um, who famously did The Witch uh, from 2016 and The Lighthouse, uh, which starred Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, both kind of now now looked at modern modern day horror masterpieces. And so this is his third film. It's a revenge film set in uh, ancient Viking times. Uh, the main main character, um, his, his father is. It's kind of like Hamlet. His father is killed and usurped by his his brother taking over. He runs off somewhere else, vows to get revenge. Uh, but this this looks super. It's very gritty. Everyone's really dirty, really bloody. Every you know, people are riding horses. You, you know, you got you got the vi- the kind of stereotypical Viking hat with horns. There's battles. Um, man, it, it looks it looks really great. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised at how. I don't want to say give. I'm surprised at how exculpatory, that's the word I'm looking for, uh, the trailer is. You actually get a bit of the plot, um, which I didn't expect. Uh, Typically, in in the last two features, like the trailers for The Witch and uh, The Lighthouse were pretty obscure. Like, you really just had to kind of go to IMDb and read the summary that he had given in interviews and stuff to kind of get an idea of what was going on in the feature. Um, this one's got a bit more to it. You actually get a bit of kind of the setup for your character. I think it's important uh, to kind of set up who he's going to be, uh, our Northman. And from what I was reading, uh, this one's definitely a bit more action based. Uh, I was reading some rumors on the, on the subreddit talking about, uh, on the movie subreddit talking about what was going on here. And people said, test audiences are saying lots of action, lots of blood, lots of fighting. <laughs> so that's yeah. exciting. And definitely some of the kind of ethereal, thoughtful cinematography that Eggers manages to pull off as well. Lots of big wide landscapes we can see in here. Lots of beautiful, uh, Scandinavian countryside, uh, you know, I think it's going to be good stuff. I'm excited to see it. I, I, I so far he's two and oh, man. Like if Robert Eggers can keep it up, he's he's on his way to auteur status. I, I, if he's not already there, I mean, he's, he's, he yeah. knows what he's doing. And, and our our favorite Hollywood darling Anya Taylor Joy is also in this. Who of course worked uh, starred in The Witch um, in 2016 with Ro- uh, Roger Robert Eggers. Yeah. Um, so she shows up in the in the, in this as as well. Teams up with uh, Alexander Skarsgård's character yep. to help him uh, seek revenge. Uh, always, uh, she's always awesome to see. See, does great work. So it and Bjork, Bjork is in and this. Bjork, yeah, he's Robert Eggers somehow got Bjork out of film retirement. Um, I'm not sure. I'm sure he managed to pull that off. Got away from Lars von Trier, I guess. Uh, also, Willem Dafoe, who's in this feature. Um, yeah, big cast, big exciting. Um, 
keep it here for more on the Northmen, I guess. This comes out and, in, in uh, April. Yeah, April. Okay, we're going to have to be on it. I'm sure we'll, we'll find somewhere to go see that. It'll be in town. Hopefully it'll be in town wherever you're at. And, uh, you know, keep it on off script for more from the Northmen. And with that, we should move into uh, our feature, I guess. Hold on, Andy, any more thoughts? I'm going to cut you off. Um, well, I was going to mention that uh, the mountain himself, Half Thor Bjornsson, who uh, played the mountain in Game of Thrones, is actually also credited in the, this film. So he'll be as well as a bi- massive at Icelandic uh, Viking person. You know, it's funny. I was looking at the cast list earlier and I saw somebody on there with la- last name Bjornsson. And I definitely thought for a second, oh, my God, the mountains in this in, in this. And then I thought, wait a second. I don't know that guy's first name. There's got to be lots of Bjornsons in the world. That's really that's really silly of me to think it <laughs> has to be the same <laughs> the same person. So I'm glad to hear it is. He's going to be great in it. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, that's that's rad. Um, yeah, big cast. I'm I'm very impressed with who he's managed to pull for you. And he's definitely getting some some kind of star players. It seems like right. Anya Taylor Joy, Willem Dafoe, or both or both returns for him. Uh, I, I think Ethan Hawke will be. I think Ethan Hawke will probably stick around, right? And obviously, Alexander Skarsgård seems to I me mean, literally perfect for this. Could could mm. not be more more of a fitting fitting individual for uh, a Viking prince, you know? Well, why mm. not? Could be fun. Keep it here for more of the Northmen. And with that, we should move into our feature. Uh, typically, before we do the show, we talk about who's going to do the summary. Uh, we didn't actually before this one, Andy. Uh, I, I mean, I can I, take it. What, what I am pre- I am prepared. Oh, thank God, <laughs> Andy! Please take it away. Spider-Man No Way Home. Ever since I got bit by that spider, I've only had one week where my life has felt normal. That was when you found out. So this is the third installment in the Tom Holland Spider-Man series, which also stars Zendaya as Mary Jane, um, Jacob Batalon as Ned, which is his best friend, uh, and Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. Uh, This picks up right at the end of the previous film, uh, which had Peter Parker's identity being revealed to the world by Mysterio. So everyone knows he's Spider-Man, his, his friends, his enemies. It's causing a ton of problems uh, for Peter Parker. So he goes to Doctor Strange and asks him to you know, cast a spell, make everyone forget that I'm Spider-Man. And in the midst of the spell casting, things go wrong. The spell's kind of corrupted and... There's unintended consequences uh, which, which arrive in kind of villains from other multiverses craw- crawling in into there. So we see uh, from the trailers, uh, Dr. Octopus, Doc Ock, uh, played by Alfred Molina, sh- showing up, um, Green Goblin, from, you know, and, and a number of other villains show up. Peter Parker has to then fight them, capture them, and try and send them back to the the universes that uh they came from uh this is going to require every everyone working together and they have a good plan some of it works some of it kind of uh doesn't go exactly as they plan and there's a lot of fun a lot of surprises um and that's that's our our setup so zach what'd you think um, I'm impressed by how much I enjoyed this film because for what it's worth, there's a lot of this film that's frankly non-traditional. Um, a lot of the thrills and chills and highs and lows of this film lean on 
essentially nostalgia, right? Nostalgia for the character of Spider-Man, uh, the characters around Spider-Man, the, the heroes, the villains, and, and the lore, not only from the comics, but from the movies. And when a film has to have kind of homework, I feel like to work, usually that's a bad sign. But somehow, <laughs> despite that almost always tried and true method of detecting whether or not a film's going to be good based on the lore you have to understand to get into it, Spider-Man rises above and frankly, a bit like Avengers or Avengers Infinity War or maybe even Endgame, manages to pull in an incredibly fun ride at the movies. My God, this movie was a fun time. It was so much fun watching for, for, <laughs> for two, two and a half hours, which is normally way too long for a film. I could not believe how much I enjoyed this movie. I can't wait to talk about it. Spider-Man No Way Home's great. Uh, Andy, where do we want to start? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was going to say, yeah, it, it was a ton of fun. I really liked it. And I was a little skeptical because I knew they were going to be bringing in uh, people from these these kind of older, the, the Sam Raimi uh, Spider-Man trilogy, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man duo, duo, <laughs> duo those yes. two films he got to do. Um <laughs> So I was a little worried because a lot of times nostalgia for nostalgia's sake is really just eye-rolling. I think of something like Ghostbusters Afterlife that had way too much of it. In this movie, there is a lot of nostalgia, but it, it, serves, uh, it, has, it serves a point for the story, for the characters. Um, everyone is well used. It's not just there so you can go, oh, I remember that. Um, it, it's essential to the plot and the characters. There's a lot of fun. There's a lot of action. And this movie manages to both wrap up a, a trilogy and also kind of re not reset things, but um, kind of bring us back to square one uh, Spider-Man. That's what I'll, I'll say. So it's, it, it manages to do kind of the impossible. Um, even though it's the, th the third fi film, it's our third time out with all, all of these characters. So I, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. That, I think that's a great place to start. Just the, the, the kind of the cameos and who's coming in. Right. It would be so easy, like you just said, to to have a bunch of kind of villains pulled in from other films, bring in Doctor Strange from kind of the larger Marvel universe, and, and kind of throw them all in this blender and have this kind of goofy, timey-wimey adventure that's fun, but ultimately like, you know, a little flat. And instead, like knowing the pressure this film has to bring in stars like Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina... To to generally bring genuinely bring some dramatic weight to this film as as the villains uh, amongst others uh, who are villains in the film, um, it instead like approaches these characters with a sense of gratitude. It 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 shows how thankful like audiences are to to have characters like these right have have villains like the Green Goblin or Doc Ock like show up and it and it it respects them it respects these characters in the best way and and it, it it manages to bring them in and have a lot of fun like with them tom holland is able to, to fight these characters in ways that are like just a blast to watch you know and see how the marvel universe has evolved over the years how he's got tony stark armor now right or doctor strange has like sick portals he can throw like it it really brings it into this kind of full picture that that approaches like the older films with, with a real sense of respect. And that makes it fun because if you liked those movies, like you're going to see things you liked here. And if you weren't so into them, you're not going to be disappointed that they get in the way. Like it really feels like a, just a clever blend of comic book lore and rich cinema history for what it's worth in the Marvel universe, at least. Um, 
it's just a joy to watch. It, it's just fun to see all these characters bounce off one another. Yeah. And it's the, cool that they were able to handle that so well in the script. It's really well done. Right. A really good example, which doesn't give too much away, is uh, Doc Ock has this, this famous line from his the movie he was in, Spider-Man 2, where he says, the, the power of the sun in the palm of your hand, which is like what the technology he's trying to develop in that movie. Yes. And he kind of gets it when he sees, he, he sees they have a Tony Stark arc reactor at some point. And he's, you know, he kind of says the line again, but it, it, you know, it has meaning. And he's like, that's the thing I want. That's doing what I want to get. And there, there's an important thing. Uh, we also have this other kind of um, profound prop, prop, plot development in that um, these they're trying to send these characters back. And they eventually realize that these these people have to, when they go back, they will, all these villains will die fighting Spider-Man. And Doctor Strange is like, well, <laughs> sorry, sorry about your life. <laughs> well, that, that's the multiverse, kid. Yeah, that's yeah. the way it goes. Yeah. yeah. And Tom Holland is on the opposition. He's like, no, we can't just send them back just to die. Like, that's wrong. That That's cruel. And so we, we have a conflict even among our, our pro- protagonists. And, th- and that just creates kind of a more rich story that when when our heroes disagree with each other. Yeah, so let's. That's a great place to get in. Let, let's let's start to dig into our plot a little bit, right? The larger trappings. I know you already said it at the top. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Obviously, we're not a spoiler cast. It's worth saying we're not going to get into anything in the third act or any of that stuff. But at least the setup from the trailer, right? Uh, Spider Man is ousted. Uh, his identity as Peter Parker is now known following the events of the previous film, Sp- Spider Man: Far From Home. Uh, the whole world knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man. He can't get away from it. His girlfriend MJ can't get away from it. His friend Ned can't get away from it. Like, this is just their lives now. Everything is now, you're Spider-Man and, and we have to deal with this, right? He's going to court over whether or not he's a vigilante criminal. There, the shield is nowhere to be found to help him out. Like, Nick Fury is just not around in this film. Uh, something's got to give, right? And and he goes to Doctor Strange, uh, you know, mis- mystic uh, sorcerer of, of the arts, and uh, he says, hey, you can do a little magic and get me out of this thing. What a great setup for, for a comic book movie about a high school kid who doesn't know what to do and has a bad idea about how to get out of it. It's great. <laughs> like, it feels perfectly in character for Peter Parker, who's kind of dumb and is supposed to be in high school and does not know the best way to be a hero or handle everything. And it's clever because it brings in the fun of Doctor Strange, right? And the portals and the crazy Inception CGI. And with that, you get the Sinister Six, like uh, which a lineup that comes out of almost nowhere and brings the nostalgia of the previous films. Like you said, you've got Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina from the original Spider-Man trilogy uh, starring Tobey Maguire start, uh, way back in the day. What, like? 17 years ago or something. You've got uh, Electro and Sandman from... Oh, and the Lizard. That's the other one from, yeah, yeah. The, the Amazing Spider-Man series from a couple years ago with, with Andrew Garfield. A few years ago, I should say, with Andrew Garfield. Uh, and you've got also villains from Tom Holland's Spider-Man No Way Home. Like, tons of villains. <laughs> tons of people with different powers and abilities, which creates a ton of really great action. Lots of really fun on-set chemistry with these characters bouncing off one another in the script. Um, a whirlwind of a film. And it seems like at two, at two and a half hours, it would be overloaded, right? Because that was my impression going in. This is going to be bloated. This is going to feel like too much. It's going to feel like characters are running from scene to scene. Somehow, it doesn't feel that way. Why do you think that is? 
I I think it the the length really helps it is that it, it takes its time with all these uh plot elements. Um, you know, our our setup is you know we see the consequences of everyone knowing not only who P- Peter Parker is, but you know his his associates and, and accomplices, um, you know Ned and and MJ, uh, and also the again it uses the the villains uh. It just has complex motivations, not just like here. Look at all the villains from from the past movies. They, you know, he's actually he's kind of on their side. He's like, well, I don't want to kill you guys. I don't want to send you to right. your doom. Like, you know, can we? Is there something we can do? Is there a way we can intervene? So we we have conflicts between you know Peter and Doctor Strange, but also them two and all these these villains, uh, as well as their their human counterparts, uh, MJ, Ned, and uh, Aunt May. As well, there's just there's a lot going on, and it's a lot to juggle, but it it manages to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the the kind of human side of Peter really really comes out in this film. Like you said, uh, these 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 six individuals come back from you know the multiverse or whatever after it's opened when Doctor Strange tries tries and fails to help Peter. Um, and Peter has to go basically capture them and bring them back to Doctor Strange's lair so Strange can dispose of them, whatever that means. And yeah, when he finds out that Strange basically intends to send them back to their universe, well, they'll likely be immediately murdered uh, because that was the situation they were plucked out of when the spell happened or whatever. Um, he doesn't want that to happen because he knows they're bad people, right? He knows they have bad motivations. But what's interesting is No Way Home brings them in on the human side of things, right? Great mm-hmm. Do- Alfred Molina, Doc Ock, right? He, he's, he's a bad dude, sure. But in Spider-Man 2, way back in the day, when we all saw that movie, and he was originally in it 17 years ago, uh, the first half of that film, he's a nice dude. Like, it's not, it's not until he's corrupted by the arms that he becomes particularly evil. And we actually get to see a bit of that. And Peter sees it too. So you get to see the multifaceted side of these characters. It's not just bad Doc Ock. It's actually Otto Octavius from the film, who is being controlled by the arms, just like he was in Spider-Man 2. And by helping him get away from that he can see the peter can see the better side of the character and maybe have a motivation to save him it works in the script because us for the audience get to see the two sides of our villain right we get to see the good side of doc ock and the bad side we're reminded of what worked about them and why they turned evil that brings us back to their motivations and supports peter saving them and we support peter saving them because we realize that that's the right thing to do. That's being a hero. Doctor Strange, of course, sees it from the much more practical side. They're multiverse villains. Who cares, right? They're basically ones and zeros that are out of place in the code of the universe. It doesn't matter. They're not real. Like, just snap them out of history and it's fine. And I totally get where he's coming from. You can see that side of the argument too. But it's great because every Spider-Man villain has that setup, just like Doc Ogg. All of them have that. So it's cool to see them all get together and then be in the same room and start talking about, hey, maybe we should team up and get one over on this Spider-Man character, huh? Maybe we take this multiverse over for ourselves. And then others might say, no, no, we need to do what Peter says. He's going to help us, right? Like you get this wonderful multifaceted villain, a set of villains coming together uh, under one roof. It's great. Like, and again, it all works because if you've seen those previous films, then you have a bit more understanding into their motivations. But if you haven't, I don't feel like you're left out in the cold. Like, I, I feel like everything's accessible enough. Maybe I'm wrong because I have seen them before and Andy has too. But um, man, I, I just, I'm I'm so impressed at the tightrope they managed to walk with all of these villains. Like, it totally works. 
Um, they're interesting. Like they're multifaceted. There's two sides to every coin here. Um, I love it. I'm very impressed. Uh, it's very thing, impressive. As much as we ha- have, you know, all these villains, which are really cool. We also still just have the development of our hero, Spider-Man at the, at the beginning. He, he is trying to, to have it all. You know, he wants this, he wants every, he wants everyone to forget or just some people to forget. Um, he, and he still wants to kind of go on living his life and he kind of learns he, he can't really do that. He's, he's going to have to choose. And so like, he kind of will still learn what it really means to, to be a, a hero by the end of the film. So we have good character development in him. Uh, as well, and then from what I hear, they're going to be making more more of these. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm not sure what direction they're going to go, but they're definitely going to have more of these planned. Yeah, that, see, that's that's a funny thing. Um, not to put the cart before the horse, as far as the end of the conversation goes, because we're not done. But um, I have noticed following seeing the film, seeing articles with Tom Holland saying like, you know, maybe I'd like to be kind of a producer. I feel like I've accomplished a lot I'd like to do with the character. And like, I'm pretty sure a few weeks ago we were reading a thing. He's signed for like three more films. So like, I don't, he's not done being Spider-Man. What's exciting is this is not the end of Spider-Man. There's likely more to come. If, if they're not his own features, he will be appearing in some other capacity in the other films. Like the, 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 the interweaving of all of these films and properties together like just feels a lot richer, especially when you get a movie like this or a movie like Avengers Infinity War. Like lots of crossover, lots of engagement. Um, it's exciting. Like it, it, it's like you're going to the Super Bowl for Marvel movies, right? Like you get to see all the hits. You get to see all the bangers. Everybody cool comes together. And that's neat, especially considering this doesn't actually bring everybody cool from Avengers. It has a fraction of the cool people of Avengers and still manages to pull, I feel like, the same level of excitement. Like, that's huge. And that's very exciting. I do mm-hmm. want to talk about the action in the film <laughs> a yeah. little bit uh, for, for all of my j- uh, conjecturing around the script and, and how well every character is handled. Um, man, there are a lot of great action sequences in this movie because again, everybody has their own set of powers, right? Everybody's got their own rules. Electro uses electricity. Sandman uses sand. Doc Ock has arms that he's got in the back of him. And Spider-Man's got to fight all of those. And he's also got Doctor Strange throwing portals and taking him into Inception world. And like, it creates really, really great visuals, tons of great choreography, I'm very impressed by the fight scenes in this film. They're all fun. I wish we could have had more. Uh, they're, they're, I wish I could have seen more of certain villains doing their thing. Like it, at times, I, 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 I wish this film could have been longer. What, what do you think, Andy? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I did start to feel the length uh, a little bit, uh, but I don't I know what, what you would cut um, uh, exactly. But yeah, the, the action scenes are really good. You know, And this is what's interesting when we first see the introduction of, uh, of Doc Ock. Um, it's a, there's a great highway a- action scene and, and, uh, you know, uh, some other villains all also show up, but it, it's a lot of fun. Again, you do, and this is maybe not a criticism, but uh, a prerequisite is that you're going to have to probably be familiar with all the other Spider-Men, just like five other movies now, um, outside of the, this property. Um, but if you're a big fan, you probably already are. And, and if you know, yeah. um, it's, it's not going to, and I've only watched some of those movies once and I still, you know, was able to, to recall uh, events and, and things like that. Yeah, 
yeah, you at least have like the passing cultural familiarity with Spider-Man in America, like the Tobey Maguire films and the Andrew Garfield films. And yeah, you're right. Like since, since you're, since you're getting villains from those, like you may need to be a little bit more tuned in, but like for the most part, I feel like it introduces everybody really well. Um, if anything, there were bits of Tom Holland lore that I'd forgotten about. He's got like six Spidey suits in this film and two or three of them. I was like, I feel like I remember seeing those in other movies, but like, I can't even really remember where, um, his growth as a character is a big part of this too. You know, Tom Holland's Spider-Man has always been backed by the trappings of the larger universe. Um, whereas the other Spider-Man films, they really kind of sit on their own. They're like, they're like Sony's Venom, right? Or I guess their Morbius is going to be, um, it's kind of its own trapped off thing. Whereas Tom Holland's Spider-Man, like from his very introduction on screen, he was a small character in an Avengers film or Captain America civil war, right? It's where he came in. Um, appearing as a supporter for Tony Stark. Like he was, he was a side character almost. He's always been surrounded by the Marvel universe. His suits comes from Tony Stark, right? Like he, he, he was trained by Tony Stark and that's happy Hogan. who follows him around. Like he's always kind of got that in the background. So this film was a really cool way to kind of step to that and then maybe surpass it a little bit and say, Hey, he, he needs to kind of break out and really be his own Spider-Man, make his own mistakes, fix his own universe. In this case, um, I was really impressed by that. And Holland does a great job in the role. He's, he's really fantastic. People have said he might be nominated for an Academy Award. I don't know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> that, that, I don't would, be, know, that maybe. would be a little bit of a stretch. I could, if I mean, if it, the if Academy has had worse years, man. They, they've not been better year, people for less. If it's yeah. a light, it, it could be if there's, if it's, can't even think of who would be up for the best actor uh yeah so possibly one thing i did did want to talk to there are a couple of post-credit scenes uh in the movie and i i don't think this is a spoiler the second one at the very end of the credits is actually a, a teaser trailer for the next doctor strange movie uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness uh so that was a nice surprise cuz usually it's like a you know something something that has to do with the film or something about the the very what's coming next and it, it's rarely like a full trailer and that's what we got so that was really cool as well i was super stoked about that which we didn't get a lot of plot details just m- more kind of crazy multiverse uh shenanigans happening I, I do think that's a bit of a spoiler, but it's out there and it's fine and we're past it now. No, uh, so yeah, no, you're right. Uh, it is, it is you, we do get a trailer. I looked it up because I, I, I was a little frustrated by that because like I, I like the charm and I think the, the kind of the, the, the elongated storytelling of the post credit scene uh, in Marvel films. I think you can get kind of creative and kind of tease people out to where things might go next. You can take them to a, a strange location or introduce them to a new character we haven't seen before or maybe just put the Avengers eating shawarma, right? Like, yeah, I think you can kind of do creative things with it. So I'm a little bummed when I just see a trailer at the end, but it was really neat to get to the end of this exciting feature. Everybody was stoked to see Spider-Man. And then at the end of that, be rewarded with, Oh, Hey, here's something else. Nobody's seen yet. Like here is footage. You're not going to see anywhere for a while. Like this will be on the internet in a month or whatever. But, um, I think the last time they did that, I after one of the Captain America movies, they just did a trailer at the end. So it's not that mm-hmm. they've never done it. I just forgot. <laughs> done it in a while. And you're right. Like, it is rad because it's much more expository than just, like, a little scene. You get, like, you get, you get a taste, man. Something, something's going on in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and I'm very excited to see it, especially after this. As am I. And um, this, this was supposed to come out in... 
either March or April, but uh, got pushed a, a couple of months. So it's actually going to be coming out in May, I think beginning of May. Do you remember how dumb I sounded in retrospect when I got on this podcast and I said in front of God and man and all of our listeners, Andy, I saw Shang-Chi. I saw Eternals. Do you think people are experiencing superhero burnout? Clearly not. <laughs> people, I, I thought people, oh, say people that, are getting bored. Like, no, no, they're not. My I God, I was so wrong. People say that after every single big movie, they're like, this is the one. People, people aren't going to come back for it. And then it's... We've been saying that for like 10, 15 years. Are, do, are we experiencing superhero burnout? No, man. It's, and I, it's, it's, we are never going to be done with this. <laughs> I know. I had long, long live superhero. Long live Spider-Man. Um, yeah. And I know Marvel and Sony cannot be expected to come together and pull off a feature like this every time, obviously. Like, not every, not every Shang-Chi is going to be Spider-Man No Way Home. I get that. Right? You got to introduce new characters. You have to build new lore. And that's important. But man, if, if if they don't have a playbook here, like a loose blueprint for like how to pull a billion dollars at the box office, I don't know what they have. Remember, this movie almost didn't happen, by the way. There was a time like a couple summers back when Sony and Disney couldn't reach negotiations yeah, on how their fighting. deal was going to proceed for the Spider-Man property. And Sony left the table, said, hey, Spider-Man's going to be its own universe for like a week. That was a story. We talked about it here. That was a thing. And fans and Tom Holland, of all people, apparently like video chatted the head of Sony and the head of Marvel and was like, y'all got to work this out <laughs> because people want to see this. And they did. Uh, Disney gets a slightly bigger take of the box office than they were in the previous two films. And I think they still have merchandising rights for Spider-Man. Other than that, the rest of the money is Sony's. Thank God. Because they they, uh, they turned out a monster hit here. I mean, this is this yeah. is well, huge. What's, what's interesting, so it made $600 million <laughs> over the weekend. And that's... Yeah. It, uh, we've been kind of tracking uh, James Bond and Furious 9 or F9 whatever as the, the kind of the top two earners and they've been slowly battling with each other around like the 700 million mark and we're talking like <laughs> months weeks and weeks yes. of release like james bond's been out for two months fury fast furious was out you know in the summer and this is gonna blow it out of the water in two weeks yeah like it's it, it is it's so insane. yeah it is so vastly disproportionate to what we have seen for the last two years at the box office we haven't seen this in 600 700 days I mean, it, it's, it's bananas. And if you don't keep up with movies, I, I think I like, I can't understate the gravity of how big of a deal this is. Like, I don't know what this means for the next Marvel film. I don't know what this means for the next Spider-Man film. Maybe we're totally off base, right? Maybe they come out with whatever's next. I mean, Dr. Strange and Multiverse of Madness, I think will be a big deal, but I thought that one was supposed to be scary. That may not pull the same audience. Like, I don't really know. I don't know. But like, man, this is lightning in a bottle. They, they've really got something here. Yeah, and and I mean it just shows the the power of, of certain superheroes, and it also makes you wonder like, what is DC doing? Because DC has never pulled numbers like this <laughs> with never, the, the, never, never. Mi never miss a chance to hate on DC, um, which which yeah. I love. I mean, he, he like those are the comics I buy are DC, but they just they don't know what they're doing with their properties, and they have. I mean, arguably, you know, Batman, Superman should be just as big, if not bigger, than Spider Man, and it's you know they struggle. I tell you, man, yeah, DC, obviously they got a lot to learn from this, but like DC should not be afraid of like casually bringing in big properties anymore. Like I think they kind of did it with, with uh, uh, Justice League, right? With Flash and Cyborg. But for the most part, like 
Superman gets his own film. Wonder Woman gets her own film. Batman kind of got his own film, but it really it was a Superman kind of thing too. Like they felt like they had to just kind of get the big hitters out of the way and then get going. Dude, drop Superman and Black Adam. What the hell? Put Batman in Shazam too. Why not? Right? Like everybody knows who they are. You're not going to offend anybody and you're just going to prime the pump for something bigger here. Like that's how Spider-Man slipped yeah. into the Marvel universe. It look how it's paid off. I like my God, <laughs> like just start using them. I mean, you might as well, right? Like lean into it, be confident, like, and, and come out with something strong. DC should take notes. Yeah. I mean, they, <laughs> Aquaman is their biggest property right now. Yeah. That should never, that should never have happened. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, I think the closest thing they have to this is that new flash movie, right? Like there's, yeah, to they will Keaton's be Batman back. That's, that's yeah. as close as they, I, it's like somebody heard about this Spider-Man and they were like, we gotta do something just like that. And everyone's doing that's the closest now. stab at it. Maybe it'll work. I, for all I know with the right marketing, that flash movie could pop, but like, there's no way it pulls attention like this. Spider-Man is, Oh my God. So really quick, I do want to talk about a couple other things. I mentioned Tom Holland's performance. I mentioned that the other villains are multifaceted. That's fantastic. But across the board, everybody in this movie is pretty solid. I mean, Tom Holland and Zendaya are a lot of fun. Uh, Marissa Tomei as Aunt May is great. Uh, she, <laughs> she, I don't know if you saw any of the press going into this movie. Apparently she wasn't, she wasn't really telling her friends or anything like, Oh yeah, I'm in that new Spider-Man movie. It hasn't been a big deal in her life. And for what it's worth, she's obviously not a big deal in the film. She's not featured on the poster or she's anything, but she's here her and life. she's solid. Benedict Cumberbatch as Dr. Strange is a lot of fun. The villains are really good, and 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 I do need, I feel, make a special mention for Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe, who are just acting circles around these kids. They're so good, dude. They're, they're so much better than they need to be in this movie. Willem Dafoe's goblin cackle is right on. Alfred Molina is Doc Ock, is de-aged in this film, CGI. I had to look it up because I wasn't sure. He is. And not only does he look great, great but it's like they're doing Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah, it. Like, yeah, yeah, They take it serious. so serious, and they should. And it, it, like, gives weight to these characters in the best way. Tons of fun. Like, really cool to see them both interact on screen again. And then, you know, face off against our modern Spider-Man, right? Like, that's that's rad stuff. It's great. Yeah, it's really, really fantastic. I think we're ready for recommendations. <laughs> Not quite. One more thing. What, what, uh, what else? What else? The music. I was so impressed at the score for this film because not only do we have lots of great music from Spider-Man No Way Home, right? Tom Holland's Spider-Man as we know it in the Marvel Universe. You get wonderful callbacks to the Michael Giacchino scores from the previous films. Like when Doc Ock shows up, you get Doc Ock's theme. When Green Goblin shows up, you get Green Goblin's theme. You even get cinematography that's like from these characters. Willem Dafoe has a little scene where it's like he's arguing with himself. It's great. <laughs> I'm so impressed by how tastefully done all of these appearances are. Like, they're really fantastic. And I realize I am starting to talk in circles. So, yes, with that, we should move on to recommendations. Andy, I don't know if anybody's got a question about it. Uh, would you recommend Spider-Man No Way Home? Absolutely. I mean, if, you're, if you've been paying attention to any of the Marvel stuff, if you're a superhero fan, Spider-Man fan, this movie is definitely for you. Um, it's got everything. We get great villains, performances, heroes, uh, comedy, tragedy. It's it's got it all. My only very small criticisms are that it's a little long, it's full two and a half hours. And the other thing, if you're not familiar with the pantheon of Spider-Man movies, you might be a little lost. Like if you have not watched any superhero movies or any Spider-Man movies, you might not get uh, you know some of the the jokes and some of that but that's that's not who this movie is for if you're going to see this you've probably seen all that that other stuff so 
highly recommend. Um, and, and it's been an inc- incredible weekend at the box office because of it. I'm in the same boat. A ringing endorsement for this movie. I think Spider-Man No Way Home might be top 10 films of the year material. Even if you haven't seen a lot of the movies Andy and I have been watching on that script, it might be top three. I mean, there, there's a lot of cool stuff that's come out this year, but this is something special. It, it says a lot that a movie can lean on a bit of nostalgia and still stick the landing. Spider-Man not only sticks the landing, it supersedes it. It's fantastic. Like, this movie's a ton of fun. One of... Probably the best comic book movies I've watched in a while. One of the best Spider-Man films they've made so far. Um, Tons of fun. Really fun. Spider-Man No Way Home's a blast. Run, do not walk to the movie theater. Swing to the movie theater. Swing Uh, swing into the theater. (laughs) Swing into the theater and see Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm pretty sure the description for the show I put in, like, Spider-Man swings back into the theater. It's just the the most layup of a headline. (laughs) Uh, Anyway... Believe it or not, that's our show. It's a short one this week. Like I said, it's for the holidays. We're taking next week off to recharge for the new year. But we're coming back first week of January, uh, January 4th. Andy, what are we watching? So uh, out this Wednesday is The Matrix Revolutions, which will be available both on HBO Max and uh, in theaters. I got hot tickets to see it in IMAX on Wednesday evening. Uh, so that's where I'll be seeing it. We also have big releases on Christmas Day. Keep your eyes out for The Tragedy of Macbeth, uh, starring Denzel Washington. Um, also, The Kingsman, or The Kingsman, I forget the the prequel movie of The Kingsman. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting annoyed it's, with it right now. I think now. it's just the King's Man. That's yeah, the deal. The, the like, King's yeah, Man. Right. Yeah, the World War One era. Whatever. Um, yeah. uh, film. So that comes out Christmas Day, and uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's new uh, film, Licorice Pizza, starring Alana Haim and lot a big cast. Cooper Hoffman. Yeah, yeah Seymour big, Hoffman's son. Yeah, yeah. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. I'm sorry. That's the other big big release on uh, Christmas Day. So lots of movies uh, coming out this week, and we'll we'll see uh, what what we watch in addition to the Matrix Revolutions. Um, I also saw uh, the Power of the Dog, which is a western on. on oh, you did see that? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I I'd heard a lot about, and it, it, it's a little slow. And I I I, I watched the first act, and, and it kind of turned off because it was really slow. But then lots of people said you you got to finish it, um, and I did. And, it, and it's it's a really thought provoking. Uh, different kind of of western film it's a slow burn um but it's something that a lots of it's got a lot of buzz lots of people are, are talking about so that's on streaming on netflix if you want to check that out power of the dog yeah and he's been talking about that film y'all should y'all should go check it out i need to check it out too maybe maybe we'll cover on the show at some point but if you'd like to keep up with the show and other things we might cover right other films coming up in the future the tragedy of macbeth uh, licorice pizza, and there's another the one. King's and Man. King's Man. God, it's, <laughs> it's not forgettable. It looks exciting. It could be good. Early reviews might be wrong. Um, if you're excited about any of those features and maybe want to find out what we think about them, you can subscribe to Offscript Film Review. Subscribe to Offscript Film Review. That's it on your favorite podcasting platform iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartMedia, where tune in, Cast FM, Deezer, Deezbox. D's podcasts, anywhere you want to go, we're around. We're here. We're on Facebook where we live stream the show every Tuesday. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. You can follow us over in those places. You can check out our website, offscriptfilmreview.com. You can mail us correspondence at mail at offscriptfilmreview.com. And if it's glowing, we might even read it on the show. But the biggest thing you could do to help out Offscript, right, is just subscribe. Just subscribe to the show to get new episodes in your inbox every single Tuesday. Uh, We don't, you know spam or anything we're pretty legit i think <laughs> and that about wraps it um 
God, just about for the year. That wraps Andy. up 2021. That wraps up, yeah, 2021 for off script. What a strange and wonderful year it's been. Uh, I think next January, like I said, we're coming back with The Matrix. Something else we haven't decided on yet. We'll figure it out when we get there. And then at some point, we got to do our top 10. Got to review everything we watched this year. Andy's already put it together. He's got a killer list. I haven't started yet. I'll get <laughs> myself together. It'll be all right. With that, I think... God, I think it's just, just about it, Andy. From all of us at Offscript, the home of Bold Cinema, I'm Zach Lewis. And I'm Dr. Draper. Have a happy new year. Have a happy holiday. Stay safe. And we'll see you next time on Offscript Film Review. Thanks for watching.